Everybody, welcome to Inside the Genie's Lamp podcast. If you are someone who has been on a constant roller coaster of losing weight, gaining it back, and the amount of frustration that comes with finding reliable health advice, this is the podcast for you. We are health and mindset specialists that want to coach you so fucking well that we not only help you achieve the physical results you're after, but help improve your relationship with your food, your body, and yourself from a mental and emotional standpoint so that we can become completely redundant to you. Yes, you heard that right. We coach our clients to make us redundant. Thank you so much for listening in. Your support means the absolute world to us. Without further delay, let's jump into your episode of Inside the Genie's Lamp. Everybody, welcome to Inside the Genie's Lamp. Uh, we're actually doing more collabs this time around. And this time we have Laura in the studio. Hey, guys. <laughs> collabs, all the fun stuff. Um, so for those of you that are not in the either the free Discord community or the one-on-one -on -one Discord community where you pay us literally anything from $1, you go into that community. In both communities that we have, community is a catchphrase of today. In both of those communities that we have, we have a little section in there for our podcast in terms of what questions or topics do you want to see discussed. Now, we have five questions that we are endeavoring to get through that we endeavor to get through, whatever the correct pronunciation is. We're going to try and get through these. We're going to try and keep it under an hour. But by the time that you're listening to this and you're seeing the end result, we either failed or succeeded. And you know that more than we do at the moment. So um, the first one, this is how this is going to work so that I can, so the people listening know what to do. And then so we know what we're doing as well. Oh gosh. So <laughs> we're off to a cracker already. So I'm going to ask the first question. You will ask the second, but I'll ask the first question. You give me your opinions and thoughts on that. And then I'll give my opinions and thoughts on that. We're obviously going to differ in some of these things. And that's totally fine. At the end of it, whether we agree or disagree or whatever it's going to be, we are going to try and come to a conclusion for the client, if that makes sense. So even if we have differing views, it's going to be what's going to be best for the client or how can we get an answer for the client? Did that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it made sense, but you've now put me on the spot. So I've got to have questions in front of me. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. You know what? That's OK. I'll ask. <laughs> well, no, I'm just opening up the Discord to get the questions. So I was like, oh, shoot. All right, I better get them. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll quickly DM because as soon as I said that, I saw your eyes darting everywhere and I was like, oh, what have I done? There you go. I just DM'd them to you. That's the order that oh. I'm going in. Look at that. Okay. All right. Look at I'm going to follow your. I'm going to follow your lead, Trav. <laughs> we'll get there. It'll be fine. We're two minutes thirty into it, and we're already killing it. All righty. So first off, we're going to jump in. Dear Laura, why do I get sick or feel run down after exercising consistently for a few weeks? Seems like I suffer a knockback every three weeks or so. Yes. So this question uh, was asked by one of my clients. So I know her background and her history. And um, just to give a general answer, I would say it might be something that you're doing with your exercise routine, but it could also be a number of factors that's going on within your lifestyle outside of your exercise. So is it something to do with your nutrition? Is it something to do with sleep your sleep cycle or stress levels throughout the day I would 
probably think it's something to do with that rather than what you're actually doing in the gym, especially since I'm the one programming for that client. So I know that it's not the exercise. Turns out that she's actually on night shifts during this period. So that's actually what was happening. But it could, in saying that, it could be something to do with the exercise routine. What's going on with the exercise? How intensely are you uh are you working within your sessions? Are you doing lots of HIIT training? Are you doing things that are really um, aggravating your nervous system? And if that's the case, then I would say we need to just bring some more mindful, more calm and movement to your exercise routine in order to just let you um, be able to sustain a more regular workout. Workout. Um, Routine. I think my word, yeah, my <laughs> word at the moment is routine. I keep bloody saying it. But yeah, <laughs> in order to be able to just keep consistent with your workouts is to just maybe reduce the intensity of them. And um, that should be able to stop you from feeling sick like every three weeks or so. Yeah. Awesome. I said that we would disagree, but I pretty much agree with everything you said there. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. One of the big questions that I always ask everyone, and I'm sure you've heard me talk about it, but I know that fucking everybody has heard me talk about it, which is what's your capacity. So first thing I do is, okay, what do you, like, if this were to come up and this were a client of mine, like, why am I getting so run down after three weeks? The first question would be, what are you doing in that three weeks? Because my brain would just instantly go to, okay, three weeks isn't a massive amount of time for, to allow for like burnout. So in the initial three weeks there, because the question is about exercise, obviously I'm going to start focusing on that. And then I would go, what are you doing in there? Is this person doing hit or like F45 or CrossFit or like massively intense stuff? And they're trying to do the classic all or nothing. They're going from nothing. And then they're like, well, now I'm doing six days a week, uh, hour sessions, and sometimes I'm doing back-to-backs. And then they're like, oh my God, I can't sustain this for three weeks. Why is that? That's the first place that I'll go. If I had the context of knowing Oh, my face. If I had the context of knowing what this person was doing, exercise routine and stuff like that, my next question would be exactly what you said, which is just phrased differently, which is what's your capacity at the moment for stuff that isn't exercise? Are you sleeping well? Are you eating well? What's all the behind the scenes stuff that we're not talking about? Because my head is always like, what's the lead up to? So if this is the burnout point or if this is the thing that we're talking about or discussing, what leads into that as opposed to how do we fix just this thing here? I mean, obviously that's everybody listening to this podcast and why they're listening to it because we address root cause issues that happen all the way back here. But that's just where my brain goes. If it's the if it's not the all or nothing six days a week, then it would be what's your sleep? What do you have like habits that apart from exercise could be contributing to the burnout with that. Yes, yeah, I totally agree. Um, And with the exercise, when you're talking about CrossFit and F45 and things like that, look, some of these can be great for you. I would never stop anyone from doing something that they truly enjoy, but maybe it's cutting down from like three or four sessions a week to maybe introducing some bodybuilding sessions or some uh, low intensity cardio instead of doing you know, full five workouts of just CrossFit or just F45, because that's a lot of impact on the body, a lot of impact on your nervous system. And 
recovery time is important in order to see progress and results. Yeah. And as much as I talk shit about F45 and CrossFit and stuff, mainly because that's not the demographic that I work with, but I have had clients in the past where they're like, you know what? I feel like I'm just going to do F45 and you can like, we can just do nutrition mindset. Like, sweet, go for it. As long as it feels good and you can do that, yeah. and feel awesome, then keep doing it. Like, we're yeah, not I think, I think that's the most important thing that like, you have to make sure that you enjoy it. F45, like, I think it depends on the people who are coaching the F45 in the yeah. studio. So I've 100%. done it personally <laughs> myself. I've done it once or twice myself when it just started up I'm, when I was still living in London and I'd go with a friend just for like one or two sessions. And I'm not going to lie, like the amount of impact in one session was ridiculous. And I had shin splints afterwards. It was so intense. But then another session that I had in another studio, it was like a bodybuilding session just like a really long circuit and there was hardly any impact at all so it was fine so yeah. it, it's very dependent <laughs> yeah same thing like everything is going to be different unique this is always the in my experience most but not all like you can get that in literally everything so as long as it's working for you you have the capacity to do it you know what you're doing go for it if you're enjoying it and having fun that's the end of the day thing that we want for you to be happy, healthy, moving and having fun. Mm -hmm. Regardless yeah. of how that looks. Yes. And I just wanted to touch on as well, like since it was my client's question and she was on night shifts at the time, uh, something that I asked my clients is when you when they go on night shifts is to communicate with me and how um how are you feeling in terms of your mood and your energy levels and things like that. And I checked in with her and she said that she was struggling and I said, okay, we're going to bump your food up. So that's an example of what you could do rather. Okay. If it's not the exercise and it's something going on in your lifestyle, if you are on night shifts, if you are really struggling with your sleep, maybe we need to increase the amount of food you're consuming in order to help you not feel so run down and yeah, help you get back on track. Yeah. Hey everyone, just jumping in really quick to let you know that the first two months of the year are typically our busiest in terms of inquiries for one-on-one -on -one mindset coaching and at the rate that we have been going, we are fully expecting to book out by mid-February. If you have ever thought about doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with us, either Laura or myself, now would be the best time to reach out even just to get some feelers and some more information so you know what your program and coaching experience would look like and you can plan for it in the future. Check out our website for more information, www.thefitnessgenie.com.au or put the notifications on our Instagram profile for posts so that you don't miss out on any opportunities. Thank you so much. Back to the episode. There's, we could make a whole episode out of the night shift and what mm. to do for that. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's, yeah, there's heaps of stuff that's going to lead into this, which is the, instead of, this is going to sound weird, but instead of the question of like, why do I get sick or feel run down after exercising consistently for a few weeks, it's going to be, what am I doing in that few weeks? as well as exercise that is leading to the burnout. I feel like that's going to be the overall better question instead of saying exercise equals burnout. It's going to be all of this other stuff that flowcharts into this burnout answer. So if there is anyone out there that does like feel burnt out or run down or whatever from exercise, I'm going to say I, because well, I, we, whatever, whatever we're going to go with, I would recommend considering what is everything that is leading into that burnout, exercise, sleep, night shift, anything to do with work, whatever it is, consider everything. <laughs>
Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the whole picture. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Consider everything. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Done. Done. All righty. Next question. All right. So I see this one, right? Yes. <laughs> like, this is mine, Travis. <laughs> Stop talking. This is mine. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> okay. So why does sustainable weight loss take so long? I can't answer this. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> the, the reason I believe sustainable weight loss takes so long is because we're not looking at, and this is actually a really good time that this is coming up because I just got off the phone with a client that said, tangibly, is that the word I'm going with? Everything that we can track in terms of numbers, like nutrition, she's smashing it. She's within like 5%, 2% of her numbers when everything is going well. And everybody can stick to a meal plan or numbers or temporarily do this short-term sacrifice thing to be able to hit these numbers, to be able to lose weight. Super high majority of people can do that. But then what came up in this call, which relates to the sustainability of this weight loss is, but I haven't had chocolate in three weeks. And that's her emotional support food. That's her thing that she loves. And that's her, that's her jam, really. She's missing that. And I said, cool, why or why, where can we put that in? Or why are we not doing it? And there was a, like a 20 minute chat, like back and forth on this came to the answer of, I can't trust myself with chocolate. If it's in the house, I'm going to have all of it. If there's a little bit here, I'm going to have this massive binge on the chocolate. And for anyone else, it could be insert emotional comfort food here. The reason sustainable weight loss takes so long is because we're actually looking at the root cause and the mindset, thought patterns, behaviors, habits that go into what is your lifestyle going to be when you finish, as opposed to here's this temporary thing that you're going to short-term sacrifice for. Social events, fuck them out the window. Carbs, get rid of them for some stupid reason. Everything that you've ever liked in terms of food, don't worry about it. You're doing this so that you can hit this weight on the scale when you hit that weight on the scale, because we haven't addressed the habits, the thought patterns, all that stuff. And if I'm just using this client as an example, because we haven't built the trust with yourself around particular foods, it's more than likely going to come back with a vengeance when we have that particular thing. We say, sweet, we're not tracking anymore. We've hit the goal weight. We can go back to doing what we were doing. And this is going to hit some people of you signed up to this program doing the habits, behaviors, thought patterns, because for whatever reason, there was something that needed improvement or something that you wanted to get better at. You wanted a better life when you signed up to this program. That's 99% of people. And if we don't address anything in terms of how you got there in the first place, and we just short-term sacrifice to get there, it takes a lot longer to be able to build those, essentially get rid of those habits and then put new ones in. And then make aware the thought patterns that are going on in the negative space and then try and replace them with positive ones. Whereas if I were to have someone sign up for eight weeks, depending on the person, of course, I could easily just say, hey, eight weeks, yeah, I can get you to lose 10 kilos. It's going to be unsustainable as fuck. And you're just going to do this and you're going to be hungry every day and you're going to sleep like shit and all of these negatives, but you'll be 10 kilos down. I'm willing to bet that both you and I would be able to unethically be able to say we can make you lose 10 kilos in eight weeks done give us a lot of money for it but the exact same thing it's going to come back with a vengeance because we haven't addressed the stuff that led you to being in the quote-unquote negative space in the first place 
Mm-hmm. And that's why sustainable weight loss takes so long because we have to figure out why are you getting triggered? Where are these triggers coming from? How can we replace them? When it comes up, what can we do about it? Those are the real questions that are going to take you to change your life instead of how do we just get you to lose X amount of weight? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think also it's, I mean, with my clients, I if they have quote unquote poor eating habits and for instance, they're very inconsistent and they're going up and down every day, like by a large margin, I will start them off not necessarily eating in a deficit. I'll just get them trying to eat consistently first. I'll try and get them used to eating a certain amount Uh, And so they're not going to necessarily see results straight away. They're going to make little changes, um, incremental changes over the time that we're together. And maybe in the first six weeks, they might not see any difference, but they've seen all these lifestyle changes. And then I have to remind them and say, look, stick with it. We're doing this for a reason. Remember the end goal, but see how much you've changed over this time already and how good you feel yet that okay the weight hasn't moved yet but you feel so much better right and then they start thinking okay so it's not just about the weight either it's not just about the way that I look it's about the way that I feel and the way that I feel about myself um my own thought patterns about myself and then when the weight starts coming off they're like oh this is a nice byproduct So it does happen. It takes its time. There is a reason for it. There's a method to our madness and it all ends up linking together in the end. So by the end of the time together, you're ready to go. Not only are you satisfied with who you are and how you can maintain this for a long period of time, you also feel physically better within yourself as well. Yeah. And that's the that's something that goes into the style of coaching that we do. I wish I could say, this is my style of coaching and how I do this. And this is how Laura like treats her clients and this and that. But because everybody's so unique and we have that massive customizable approach, it's like, I've got clients that have signed up and not seen weight loss, but they've changed everything about them internally. And then I'm willing to bet that you've had some of them and, you know, people are going to see a whole lot of different results. Yeah. And there's just no one way about it. And that's the pain in the ass thing, particularly when I'm on the phone and being like, so what does the program look like? Like, I, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> we'll find out when yeah. we're in it. <laughs> Let's just fucking wing it. Let's just go for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And um, I mean, like I was um, telling you, Trav, earlier, like I was speaking to someone and we weren't even part, we weren't even on a program yet. And suddenly I started asking her this lady questions that she'd never been asked before. And they were questions that no, yeah, no one had even asked her and she'd never considered what these answers were. And we're here to ask the hard questions. We're here to kind of put a mirror in front of you and show you what's going on and how we can change things. And it's going to take time. How long is it taking you to to get to where you are now? How long is it going to take to undo some of those negative disturbing habits it's Mm. it's a long process and that's why we're doing this because the majority of the fitness industry is all about fast results but at the end of the day the person's no happier really whereas Mm. I hope I I I think (laughs) I hope that our clients are happy by the end of this (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll Please. say we are. We have feedback forms for that. <laughs> and they look good so far. <laughs> yeah. So they're exactly. looking good. Yeah. But it does take a while. Like the exact same thing that you just said. Um, well, not the exact same thing, but in that same realm. Um, client call today. Man, I was like, man, I'm having such a shit day. But then I look at the client calls I've had. I'm like, man, I've actually done pretty well. Um, even with a quarter of a brain that's active. Um we were, ironically, I forgot what I was about to say. Client called today and there was a massive emotional response and she signed up last year for 12 months. And the funny thing about this was when we started the program last year and I was like, hey, let's sign up. Awesome, let's go 12 months. Shit, that's going to be awesome. We're going to take our time with this. We're going to figure out what we do. What is the first step and we're just going to do that. Last year, she was like, I don't know, I just don't cry. I just can't cry. Don't know what it is. And then we got on the phone today. What is that? So about three months. Got on the phone today and just a ball of tears. And it was like, oh my God, I've had this massive breakthrough. We've done this. We've done that. Before that massive emotional response came in, there was, I'm not sure if I'm where I wanted to be on this program. I feel like I'm wasting the program. I feel like it's just not for me. I feel like I'm not seeing results. And this is this is at least 50% of my clients. They hit some stage and they go, I'm not sure if this is where I want to be or this is where I wanted to be at this point. And then that's where obviously what you said before, you remind people, you've done this. When was the last time that you didn't cry yourself to sleep because of food? Oh yeah, good point. Okay. When was the last time that you did this? And then when we're bringing up the results that are intangible that you can't exactly see in the mirror that's where people go oh fuck okay what I said to her was we're not here for that quick fix thing like we didn't sign up tell me if I'm wrong but we didn't sign up to lose massive amounts of weight she's like no like cool why did we sign up and then we went through the main reasons why she signed up and of course they were all mindset relationship with herself and everything and I said cool even if we haven't lost X amount of weight by this time, the results from what you said last year was that you never cry. You just can't cry. You're not sure what it is. It's going to take you to be able to break through and to be able to get to the life that you want. If this program is acting as a catalyst for you to be able to go talk to your therapist or partner or like boss or this, that, whatever, and make those and have those difficult conversations to be able to get something back that's what the program is. And that's why we're here because that's how you're going to get a better life. And that's how it's going to be easier for you long-term to remove all of these stresses and to actually really go fucking deep on what we're actually doing here. And that full circle ties into why sustainable weight loss takes fucking ages is because we have to, sometimes we have to drill a massive fucking hole and go right down get all the golden nuggets that are there and then come back up to the surface and then go, sweet. Okay. We're ready. And then we'll start walking on the weight loss journey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I often find a pattern where the first, let's say four to 10 weeks is like the honeymoon period where everything's yeah. going really great. <laughs> everything's on track, you know, everyone's happy. And then I do tell people now before we start, like, look, it's going to be really great at first. You're going to have all the motivation to stick with this and then it's going to hit. And I'm going to say it's going to be between like six to 12 weeks where something will happen. Yeah. Shit will hit the fan. Like (laughs) 
you will get sick. There will something will stress you out at work. You end up um, going back to old habits. Christmas will happen. Like all of these things, you go on holiday and then you come back and you feel shit and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to throw in the towel. I'm done with this. That's when the hard work starts. And that's when we start seeing changes. And it's not going to happen in the first six weeks. It's not going to happen in the first few, the first couple of sessions that we're working together. It's going to be further along the line, which is why we end up working with people for like six to 12 months, because we need that time to make those changes and be there for the person their support, be there to support them during those times where they want to dip and they want to give up and we can pick them back up again and allow them to continue. So then they know when they finish up that I've been through hard shit, I've been able to stick with it, I can do it again. I can continue to do this. Yeah, that's what we want. We don't want a perfect program. And it sounds, <laughs> it sounds like such a dick thing to say, to be like, is this going to be an amazing program? You know, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be shit. It's, <laughs> and that's why we it's, <laughs> it's gonna be reality. It's just gonna yeah. be real life. Like it's not gonna be a movie. It's certainly not. Yeah. No, there was um there was a client that signed up last year and we finished up pretty much like for me it was Christmas Day, for her it was Christmas Eve because she was in America. When we were talking, I was like, I reckon we can smash this out in three months. I reckon based on what this call was. I reckon we can get you that result and this very particular thing that we were after because there's only that, I reckon we can do that in three months. She came back and said, yeah, I agree. But these next three months are my easiest that I have in terms of scheduling. I'm off work for a little bit. It's all chill. It's all this. But the three months leading into Christmas is when I get super busy and that's when life gets hectic and that's when I typically fall off. So let's do six months so that I know what life looks like essentially super easy, super chilled. And then what does life look like when it's beyond hectic? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, thank fuck. That was the perfect answer. Let's do that. And <laughs> she took the word straight out of your yeah. mouth. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, <laughs> do you want to sign up? Do you want to get people onto the program for me? That was amazing. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's what we want. We want to go through the hard shit together. Mm-hmm. Now I have a question for you. <laughs> All right, here we go. No way, hang, hang on. Aren't I saying this one to you? No, you gave me that one. I did the first, you did the second, I did the third. What? So <laughs> did you just forget how to count? <laughs> no, I did the I You did the did sustainable the... weight loss. Oh, but I thought you wanted to answer this question. Well, we both will. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Just, it's okay. I wanted to, <laughs> right. want to see what you're going to say for this one. But okay, hit me. Let's see what comes out. <laughs> like, I don't want to answer this one. Let me ask it. <laughs> so, All right. The, the, the difference between light activity and moderate activity when it comes to working out your total daily energy expenditure or TDEE, how much activity does it take to be moderately active? Good question. And now I believe that Trav will probably give a scientific answer to this, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> um, because every individual is different. And when it comes to your TDEE, when you're trying to work things out, um, you do kind of have to gauge it to your own like 
activity levels and how hard you work. Like someone who trains the same program as someone else might be working harder than that other person, but they're doing exactly the same thing. So it really does depend on the individual. Um, but it is a good question. I mean, if you're light activity, I would say like the majority of that list from like light activity to moderate activity to heavy activity. I can't remember. There's like, there's like three or four, isn't there? Um, five where they just go like more intense, more intense. I would say light activity is someone who's got like a sedentary job who, um, maybe walks on their commute or like is able to get like 5,000 steps in a day, maybe does some yoga throughout, uh, throughout the week, but nothing too intense. And then moderate activity would be that little bit more, maybe someone who trains like uh, twice, three times a week in the gym, still has a sedentary job, fits in again, like 5,000 steps, or maybe does less workouts, but does closer to like, I don't know, 7,000 to 10,000 steps a day. And then it just slowly increases. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about that one. <laughs> oh, and go. I am done. <laughs> you go. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, no, I um I agree. The the thing that I I used to say it was particularly when it was figuring out someone's calorie deficit, it was like what are the things that you are doing exactly? How many steps are you getting? How many days are you active and for how long? It used to be those type of questions and well and answers. The thing that I've come to realize is that it's always based on the person pretty much what you're saying, RPE, rate of perceived exertion. Because for me to be moderately active, like I believe I am at the moment lightly active. And for me, I know that that looks around 6,000 steps a day and going to the gym five days a week for uh, like, oh my God, how long am I? Like 45 minutes. But my 45 minutes at the gym are very not what they used to be. They're very just go there, yeah, yeah, cool. I'm doing a little bit of cardio. Now I'm lifting this heavy thing. Okay, I think I'm done. That's what my workout is at the moment. For me, I would consider that light activity for me because I know what my high-end capacity is. And it's for a lot of fitness professionals, it's fucked. But to be able to do that right now is just not feasible, especially considering when I came from heavy activity and I was actually in the gym every single day, 20,000 steps, uh, plus the like showing how to demonstrate this movement. And then I would do my workout and then I would have to walk to go get lunch. And then I would come back and then I'd demonstrate more stuff for six hours. Even at that time, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty active. Like not, you know, massively. But looking back, I was like, yeah, that was that was a lot. So for me, it does come down to what are you currently doing and what do you believe your capacity is? And then almost like meeting them in the middle of, because obviously if someone is completely sedentary, desk work, 2000 steps a day, drives everywhere and in every sense of the word is inactive yeah like, like i would just consider that straight up sedentary but then to be able to get them to do something that would be considered light or moderate particularly when it comes to working out their tdee like how many what their maintenance calories is and how to calculate their deficit <laughs> for me it's going to be more of the i nearly said bless you for some reason <laughs> no, that was bless a cough, you for coughing. that was not a sneeze <laughs> ah. Shut up, please. <laughs> I was trying to do off the camera. <laughs> Straight into the other camera. <laughs> so 
yeah, relating it to finding someone's calories, I'm always just pretty conservative and I always just go, cool, well, unless they're active at work, like getting heaps of steps in at work or like a concreter or a carpenter or something like that, I always tend to just put people somewhere in the middle. Like, and again, calculating deficits. I tend to be conservative with it. I tend to put people at, because there's five things, I tend to put people at like a, like a two and a half. And then I'm just like, sweet. Well, if that's that, and then that's your maintenance calories, particularly with the type of clients that we work with, that if I give them calories that start with a two, they're probably going to freak the fuck out. So if I say, hey, eat 2,600 calories, because that's what the calculations are saying, and they're coming off the back of 1,700 calories, they're going to be like, no fucking way am I doing that. So in terms of what does it take to be lightly and moderately active in relation to calculating a deficit, I feel like that's sort of like two half we have to answer them individually and then meet yeah. in the middle somewhere. It's not going to be a, well, you walked an extra day. So that puts you over the threshold to be moderately active. So now you get an extra 400 calories and then check in next week. And it's like, oh my God, I didn't lose weight, but I was more active. And then mm -hmm. that's where it can be dangerous. I believe trying to figure out new calories every single week and like readjusting like, oh, I lost 200 grams. I need to redo my deficit. Okay, sweet. Now this is my low deficit. Cause then you're just chasing your tail. Um, yeah. and particularly because I know that this came, this came from one of my, um, how do I say it? This came from an ex-client. This came from a, a graduate of mine. Let's go with that. That sounds fancy. Graduate. Yeah. There yep. we go. That this, sounds fancy. That's super fancy. I should get like the little, like the triangle, the square hats with the little <laughs> thing. <laughs> I don't part know. What the, it's not part of the welcome pack. It's part of like <laughs> it's, the it's graduate the, pack. The farewell pack, the graduate pack. <laughs> <laughs> Posting one of them and they're just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little canva bachelor degree in the back <laughs> that'd be awesome i'm gonna do that um Tenille, take notes um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's it's always chasing your tail when it gets to that and because i know that this lady her light and moderate activity her light activity i would personally if i were doing that i would consider that like me being moderately active so rpes perceived example yeah. I do think it also depends. As I say, I do think, like we've said consistently throughout this, that it depends on the individual. Um, yeah. But with that, like if you're the one doing it and working it out for yourself and it's the first time that you're doing it and you're not quite sure which category you fall into, be conservative. I always say be conservative. So if you're like, oh, I'm between moderate and light, go for light. But then experiment with it. So go one to two weeks and judge how you're feeling. So if say you're doing it to find out your maintenance, if you're feeling starving on it, then eat. Okay, that wasn't accurate. So bump it up a little bit. Like it's not going to be exact for every single individual because everyone's metabolisms run differently anyway. Like, um, yeah, the amount that I would eat compared to someone else who does exactly the same activity as me, maybe they've got a way better metabolism and they can eat like 500 calories more than me and be totally fine. Whereas like I might not be able to get away with that. So again, mm. see it as it's a calculation based on like averages. It's not going to be according to every single person. So it's okay to adjust as you go. Yeah. And that's why we've got the 10% rule because usually if you're within 10%, so 
for those of you that don't know the 10% rule, super quickly explained for math's sake, because my brain's not working. If I gave you 1500 calories, that means you can typically somewhere between 1350 and 1650. And as long as you're within that rough range, it's probably going to be good enough for you to see results. I'm not going to give you 1500 straight off the bat, but anyway, um, that's what the 10% rule is. So even if you were to just throw a random number out there, let's just say 1750 um, or 1800, because I know that that's a, that's a number. If you were to do 1800 calories and then you just tracked what you were doing for that week and then you just did that for two weeks, how did you feel? It's obviously going to like the menstrual cycle would come in to play a part of that in terms of fluid retention and stuff. But if you did that for two weeks, tracking 1800 and you didn't lose weight, it's like, cool. Can we increase, like, can we decrease the calories that we're having by a little bit or can we increase like step count? Do that for another two weeks, see how you go. Was that exactly what you said before? Was I hungry? Was I starving? Okay, that wasn't it. Where do we find this balance? And you just adjust based on how you're feeling. So you don't need to have, for this question, you don't need to have an equation of light activity or moderate activity. It can just be, I feel good on these numbers. And then you can just leave it at that. And then if you do want to lose weight, then do I want to increase physical activity or decrease calories? Which one seems more realistic? Because obviously if you're already on 1500 and you're like, well, I want to lose a little bit more weight and you go down to like 1300, it's probably not realistic. You're going to stay there for a fair bit. Or can I get an extra thousand steps a day? Yeah, that seems more realistic. So, yes. Agreed. Not, <laughs> not of approval. Agreedo. <laughs> All righty. So this next okay. one's yours because that's number four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll read this one. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be my question. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Um, be quick. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, so what sort of footwear is needed for a beginner and how to update it as one progresses? I don't think mine is going to be as thought out as yours because mine is typically, so what sort of footwear is needed for a beginner? I am just straight up just going to say a runner. Any sort of runner that you feel comfortable in, purely because I know that a lot of beginners that I've worked with in the past, they mainly stick to cardio. The If I'm generalizing, a lot of beginners, I'll say like 80%, not many of them with their first introduction to the gym, go to free weights and lifting and all that stuff, unless they have like a PT. If they're just doing it by themselves, I typically find that having like runners that are going to be comfy, that are going to help their joints, because of the amount of cardio that they're going to end up doing, I would recommend that. The second part of that is how to update as one progresses. That's where I recommend shit. Like in the intermediate phase, I would go like converses, flat foot or stuff that you can just easily slip on and off because we're probably going to be getting into free weight stuff where I want you to feel how you're, because it's related to not obviously how your shoulders are feeling and shit, but because it's relating to footwear, how does your foot feel? Can you get, can you actually contract the muscles in your foot? Can you, oh my God, my face. Can you pin yourself to the ground? Can you root yourself into the ground? Can you do this? Can you do that? And being able to move your toes individually and getting a feel for the earth. That's what I want from an intermediate person. I mainly go up to like intermediate because for me, advanced gets to like Olympic lifts and like massive compounds that I don't feel comfortable coaching because like Olympic lifts and stuff as awesome as they are, 
I very rarely have coached them in the past because I'm like, hey, squats, deads, bench, pull downs, all that stuff that you need to do, general basics, you can do all of that stuff. And then people will typically start progressing by being like, hey, sweet, I'm going to do this and try this and all that stuff. But short answer, I would start with something super cushiony, not like a nurse shoe or something, but something that you feel comfortable walking and running in. Um, you don't have to wear scrubs <laughs> if you want to. Something that you feel comfortable walking in because of the amount of cardio that most people are typically going to start off with. But otherwise, I would go for like a converse or a flat shoe, something that you can actually feel when your toes are gripping the ground. And I realized I'm doing this hand motion and people aren't going to be able to see that. And it looks completely wrong. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> that everything is wrong. As soon as you do this, it's like, nah. Um, and then, yeah, obviously when you get to massive squats, deadlifts and stuff, maybe weightlifting shoes with like a little bit of a wedge, but. All right. I, I agree. I, <laughs> I somewhat agree with you. I, I mean, I do agree with you. It all makes sense. And I think um, that was actually a, a well thought out answer, Trav. It, although you said it wasn't going to be thought out. It was. <laughs> you sound so surprised. You're like, wow. <laughs> you I feel like about teacher, something. <laughs> well done. Gold star for you, Trav. <laughs> yes. I'm telling Beth. <laughs> So yeah, I agree with you. I think um, as a beginner, it, it does depend on what sort of program you're going on to. If you're someone who's going to do a lot of cardio, I would mimic the kind of shoes you're used to wearing, um, but having the end goal of going more minimalist um, further down the line. So I'm someone who wears barefoot shoes. So that's like your Vivo barefoot. So the ones that look like, I'm really not gonna sell them, but they kind of look like flippers um they don't they're don't, they're not that attractive some of them some of them are really attractive and they look lovely on your feet but the vivos not so much but you get used to it and then yeah they grow on you but i like them because they have a very large toe box so where your tootsies fit um and you want like trav said you want a lot of space and a lot of wiggle room they're also extremely um thin the soles thin and flexible so very minimal cushioning and it's going to help with the proprioception of your feet so you're able to feel the floor more and the more you can practice feeling the floor more is going to help you with all your lifts and your movements um so that's what we'd aim to get to but if you're coming from a place of wearing very cushioned shoes then it's best not to go for that style straight away because you you do have to transition to them it took me a while to transition and i would wear them around the house first and then go for a short walk and then things like that um but as a beginner i would say cushioned not too cushioned and try and prevent from getting one with like a really big heel and then it's being smaller near the front of the foot so trying to make it even like you said converse converse are good and you can wear them in the gym for lifting i personally don't feel like my feet fit properly in them i feel like the toe box is actually really narrow and that might be because i'm used to my flipper feet now so rock up in <laughs> scuba gear <laughs> when you're very advanced you'll learn how to dive <laughs> they like honestly they don't look that bad i'm giving them a real bad rap but <laughs> i have loads of them so obviously they look lovely on my feet anyway um yeah <laughs> my feet are amazing and look awesome in these shoes but you'll look like flippers <laughs> But no, so Converse, I think, are a good option if you feel like you have quite narrow feet yourself. Um, sh the shoes that I quite like are 
CrossFit style shoes because they kind of cover all your bases because with CrossFit you do a lot of running you do cardio you do weightlifting it's so varied that they create shoes in order for you to be able to use use them for all of these different start methods of movement um uh, I personally have some Reebok Nanos which are really great because they have cushioning but they've got a really large toe toe box and they're quite um flat as well but they do have some cushioning so they're not as intense as your vivos um but yeah so start with cushioning and then i would say slowly wean yourself off them um in terms of going for weightlifting shoes so this is something that i don't know if i agree with to go if you're advanced to go with weightlifting shoes yes it does depend on the sport that you're going into if you're looking to go for like actual weightlifting and doing your snatches and your cleans and stuff okay weightlifting shoes would probably be great especially if you're going to go competitively into powerlifting or weightlifting however I'm someone who's very um I'm a massive advocate of flexibility and mobility so what? any opportunity <laughs> what <laughs> who would have thought that I would say that <laughs> the flipper feet um <laughs> I would take every opportunity to work on my mobility, even when it's in strength movements. So squatting and deadlifting and stuff. And actually the reason that people wear weightlifting shoes is, is to have that slightly higher heel in order to allow them to get deeper into their squats and things like that. But why not work on your mobility in order to be able to do that barefoot? Because then you can utilize what you're doing in the gym in real life. You're not gonna be wearing your weightlifting shoes squatting to pick something up off the floor so you might as well practice in the gym without them in order for it to transition to real life as well but like I said if you're actually doing it for a sport then it's different and maybe you do need to invest in those sort of shoes but yeah that's my two cents on that one solid that was like five cents at least <laughs> that's quality value a million dollars <laughs> we'll send you all the invoice <laughs> Awesome. Um, I reckon because this next one is going to be a doozy, I reckon we're going to call it there because we've got the four there. And I know that this next one, and for those of you, spoiler alert, it is going to be navigating self-love slash body neutrality and health at every size while also changing your body at the same time. That's the headline. That's going to be the headline of the next one. But because I reckon that's going to be such a large topic that we can go down a whole bunch of different avenues with, I might be wrong. We might just smash it out in like 20 minutes, but I reckon we've got the four there. That's awesome. We're sitting at 45 minutes and I reckon this one is probably going to be about half an hour. And I reckon that can be its own little sneaky episode there. And then maybe we'll see if we can get one more question out of everyone so that we can just make it two in case we do smash it out. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that next question is going to be a really good one, but I reckon it's going to take us on some avenues and um, yeah, we're going to go down some rabbit holes. <laughs> Prepare to face reality, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet you no one will listen. It'll just be us having a good rant. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll check the analytics. It's like, ooh, seven people listened. Nice. <laughs> one of them is my mum. <laughs> my no, mum does good. listen to everything that I do, actually. So, well, that's good. There you go. Well, She'll be listening news. to this. <laughs> Hi, mum. 
No, that's going to be good. I want to tackle that one at some point. We'll book that in together. But in the meantime, we've got those four questions there. If you are listening to this and you are not involved in any of the Discord communities, make sure you go to Instagram, like our Instagram at the Fitness Genie. Link in bio there has the link for you to join the free Discord community. Um, obviously, if you've paid us any sort of money, a dollar or over, because I don't think we charge for anything that's less than a dollar, uh, feel free to get in contact with us so that you can be a part of the client community, like the one-on-one -on -one client community. Um, but otherwise, whether it's free or one-on-one, -on -one, we are going to be asking a shitload more questions in those discords to be able to get questions and topics like this so that Laura, I, Tanil, or Laura, Tanil, and I, my God, can run through them all and just provide even more value. But otherwise, if you want to get involved and have your say and get your questions answered, go to Instagram at the Fitness Genie, link in bio, join the free Discord community, or just cheat the whole fucking system and DM us. <laughs> just do that. Um, but otherwise, uh, Laura, thank you for joining us slash hosting as well. Thank you for having me, Trav. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Morals. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to call it there and then we're going to book in a time and we're going to smash this uh, navigating self-love slash body neutrality and health at every size while also changing your body at the same time topic. We're going to get into that one next time. But from Laura and myself and also to Neil, thank you all for tuning in. It has been an awesome episode and we look forward to seeing you in the next one.